What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are going to be reviewing the brand new DC Studios film, Blue Beetle, in the 3FN Movie Club review. But before we get that far, I'm your host, Rich, and unfortunately the nerds are not all with me. Because Diesel is out because of uh, the good old uh, car troubles. So <laughs> everybody tees and pees with Diesel and his car troubles. But I am still joined by the man who just this past week after seeing Blue Beetle has now booked a trip to go scour the Amazon jungle so he can find a scarab of his own because he heard that there was some butt play. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Ron. My scarab's name is the Prince Albert. <laughs> I, I can't wait to talk about this movie, honestly. I'm not even joking. Not even joking, folks. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the 3FN podcast. And uh, let's just kick it right off like we normally do since I didn't get to do the long introduction that is Diesel. Ron, how's been your week? Uh, actually, not horrible until this weekend. Um, our Wednesday group met and, you know, the campaign's picking up some speed. Uh, we are doing, you know... We are we snuck around inside of uh, the building where all the bosses were supposed to be, and we just fell in like we just fell into the situation of finding the right room and the right situation to get some information and got out of there without really anything major, which is hilarious for our group because two, one's a I'm a paladin, so heavy armor. There's no stealth. Uh, we have a fighter, heavy armor, no stealth. Our powerhouse wizard who just kills rooms full of people left and right because so he's the more powerhouse and then zero our, stealth yeah zero stealth but able just to knock face and our kinder rogue who just when she just looks around and looks for where anything shiny she just takes off like a deer in headlights <laughs> i just want to i do want to point this out you have the perfect leroy jenkins squad oh yeah it's uh, it, this is a solid leroy jenkins squad like i was lucky enough to where they gave me uh the dragon lance you know, one of uh, magical weapons and it's actually been helping this character who can't roll worth shit for me um but i like i've been you know connecting like you get plus three to hit so it's like a bonus like now i can actually hit things so it's actually working for us because it's a two-handed weapon and that's the way i made my paladin that's what you, that's so, what i like to hear so it's like it's just how it works so it's actually we're moving well we're getting the story plot points together now um we're actually working solidly we're doing as well as we can as this random ro- group of people our kinder rogue is hilarious because she'll just be like oh here like like stole uh officers daggers or swords at one point in time and then try to hand them back to him hey are you missing <laughs> these because <laughs> that's what kinders do <laughs> that's interesting yeah but other than that you know that was good our uh, rest of the week went all right until i Got uh, plumbing issues again in my house because I don't know why. My bathroom hates me and wants to see me die of a stressful heart attack. So I unfortunately have a hole in my kitchen ceiling, which we just already did in March. So, yeah. So I'm going to have to explain that to my dad. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you first said plumbing issues, I was going to say, uh, Ron, Blue Chew is not a sponsor this week's episode. You're going to have to keep the, uh, those plumbing issues to yourself until they're back on. Because <laughs> uh, we can't help you out there. Yeah, I get you. But, uh, you know, so that, that was the headache of the weekend. But we'll see what how this goes for the rest of the week. Yeah. My week has been uh, pretty... I've been setting up and gearing up for Sci-Fi Horror Fest, which goes on down this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, as we record. So I've got a lot more to do before I leave on Thursday for Vernon, New York. I mean, I'm going to obviously plug that during the, the shameless plugs. But uh, uh, so I've just been kind of getting that stuff done, making sure I get the movies in because we are uh, basically this week we went to see Blue Beetle, which is this week's 3FN Movie Club review. And we also myself and Diesel went to see Strays, which will be uh, doing one for the can, if you will, uh, for next week's episode. So you guys are still going to get next week's episode. And that way I don't have to worry about like coming back from being tired and, and recording a podcast. So you guys don't get to, you know, no, uh, no missing a week for you guys. But for us, it, it kind of got us ahead a little bit. But I got to I got to see both movies this weekend, so it was kind of good. I uh, took care of some stuff around the house, getting everything ready, like I said, for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. So pretty uneventful, but I got a big weekend coming up, so I could deal with an uneventful week yeah, in, in, my, in my estimation. So with that, I hope everybody at home also had an awesome week, and I hope you have an awesome upcoming week. But before we can dive into the show, we need to take care of some business, and that means some shameless opening plugs. And of course, if you would like to find out anything at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. You go to 3FNPodcast.com, and that's your one-stop shop for everything 3FN. There you'll find our social media links. You'll find the Public link. You'll find the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content while helping support the show. Also, while you're there, check out the pages for the 3FN Podcast and 607TWS, The Wrestling Show, the pro wrestling podcast I do each and every week with Ken M. from the ODPH Podcast. Check that out anywhere you get great podcasts or stream it right from 3FNPodcast.com. Speaking of the ODPH, go to Friends of the Show and you can find the ODPH Podcast there as well. On top of all of that, there is the musical directory where the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs live. And that, of course, includes our good friend Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. You hear it at the beginning each and every week. And, of course, support them and all the other great bands on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last, but certainly not least, is the sponsorship section where you can find out all the great uh, places that sponsor us so we can bring you these shows commercial-free. First, we're going to give a shout-out to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and you need to put the pride back in your ride, call 607-644-3389 and set up an appointment and tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Also, while you're at it, if you're looking for some energy, go visit the number one energy sponsor, Dubby Energy Drinks. Go to dubby.gg and use the promo code 3FNPOD at checkout for 10% off of every order. Also, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, hook hook up with Dragon Master Games at DragonMasterGames.com. Make sure you visit those for all those needs because they sponsor everything we do. And last but not least, of course, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, we got our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down this Friday and Saturday, August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Come visit Felissa Rose, Dave Sheridan, uh, Ken Foray, Lorenzo Lamas, a ton of other celebrities, vendors. There's there's all sorts of entertainment stuff to do. And of course, you can come say hi to myself and Diesel because we'll be there all weekend. 
go ahead and go to scifihorrorfest.com for all tickets and information. And if you forget any of that, just go to 3fnpodcast.com. You know, it's kind of nice sometimes when I have Diesel here because I have that, that that tag partner. And even if he only just drops the number for Rex to rise, it makes me feel, I don't know, like a security blanket. I got you. I'm with you. I'm Hopefully you guys understood I, all of what I said during I, I had it ready just in case he threw it my way. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy about that. But uh, I just want to throw it out there. You know, I, I, I hope I sounded good. But if you didn't, catch some of that. 3FMPodcast.com. So we got a lot going on. A lot going on. So make sure you're following us and getting all that great, great information well diesel's not here but we're still gonna kick it off by going over to our favorite let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat that's right, it's Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Although this week it's not going to be too triple, we're not going to be doing the top three because that's Diesel's uh, baby and uh, he isn't here to give us the top three. So instead of stealing that from him, we're just going to give you the box office and what's coming to the theaters. Ron, are you ready to talk about the box no, office? Talk about it, baby. I teased it on Patreon and said that this is the lowest box office we've had in a while. It is. So at the five spot, making its debut, Strays with $8.2 million. Actually, I'm not surprised that's what it is. Next up, slowly chugging along like the little engine that could. It's been on the box office for about a month now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem making another $8.5 million. Nice. In the third slot, making another $10.7 million, being out for about a month and a half, Oppenheimer. I still got to go see that. In the number two slot, because it was dethroned, making $21.5 million more, Barbie. Hey. Listen, it's already made over a billion. So. Well, I'm, I'm happy for it, but I don't want part two. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, debuting at the number one spot with $25.4 million domestically, Blue Beetle, which we'll be talking about in the 3FN Movie Club review. So now that we know the movies that uh, hit the box office this week, let's find out what's coming to a theater near you in this upcoming week. And I want to throw it out there that uh, coming up on August 25th, Warrior King, okay, Golda, The Hill, Retribution, Bottoms, and of course the big movie coming out this week, Gran Turismo, will all be hitting the movie theaters. In the following week, oh, I do want to point this out, coming to a, a streaming service near you, and I don't know which one, uh, on August 30th is Slaughterhouse. It looks like a sloth horror movie. It I does. just want to throw that out there. I'm, I'm all in. But uh, let's talk about box office coming on September 1st. There's some movies coming up. And, uh, of course, All Fun and Games, The Good Mother, and the big release, I think, if I'm counting a big release that week, The Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington. So My sister wants to see that, so I will be going to see that regardless. Yes. So I feel like if you're into going to the movies, I feel like the movies have got your hookup these upcoming weeks. Now, Ron... Since we did a little, uh, you know, short version of Diesel's movie triple stuff, that means we're kicking it right on over to this week's Welcome to Three Fans Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby, and please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember. Blue 
That is right, it is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, we are talking about DC Studios' brand new film, Blue Beetle. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fun happening. And of course, giving you a little reminder of what happens when we do new movies here on the 3FN Podcast. For those of you who might have forgotten, or for those of you who are joining us for the first time, hey, thank you for giving us a shot. Hope you enjoyed the show. But uh, you have nothing to worry about. We will not be spoiling anything coming up front here. Uh, first thing we're going to be doing is all spoiler free. We're going to give you this spoiler free synopsis followed by the stats for the movie, including who made the movie, who starred in the movie, and then our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle or thumbs down spoiler free recommendation for Blue Beetle. Then we're going to take a break. After the break, we'll come back, give you one final warning. Because then we're going to enter the spoiler zone because we will then be giving our full spoiler full review of Blue Beetle before playing the game to find out the numbers from around the internet and then finally giving our scores for Blue Beetle. Ron, are you ready to jump in and start the spoiler free talk about Blue Beetle? Let's go. Man, I got a story to tell. I'm going to try to do my best Diesel impersonation here. Okay. When a young man comes back from college to find out that he still has no job offers and the fact that his family might be losing it all, what is a young man to do? Well, he needs to make some money. So he uh, he takes a choice chance encounter with a rich heiress that only leads to him getting a blue scarab. But when that blue scarab violates him and turns him into a superhero, what is a young man to do next? Find out. Not in an Ant-Man sequel, but yet DC Studios, brand new, Blue Beetle. Okay, I'll give it to you. I, 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 I could have gone a little further, but I didn't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> So with that, Blue Beetle came out this past week, August 18th, 2023, with a runtime of 127 minutes, so two hours and seven minutes. Uh, budget of the movie was an estimated $120 million. Of course, in the domestic box office, it opened with $25.4 million, with a worldwide box office of $43.4 million. Yeah, did yeah. not make its money back. But I want to say this before we even dive in. I think this is just the curse of DC movies yes. being a little eh these days. And that has not indicative. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I just think it unfairly got, you know, lumped in with what has been oh. going on in the DC EU or DC Studios universe, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, no, definitely. Now now that we know the stats, let's find out who made the movie. Who made this shit? Of course, the director of this movie was Angel Manuel Soto, and this is his first major motion picture. He's made a lot of telenovelas and also a lot of like Spanish uh, movies, especially, especially in Mexico. Nice. So, uh, but this was his first major, you know, worldwide release. Nice. Next up, screenplay was done by Garth Dunet Alacar. Uh, also, first major motion picture. Done a lot of TV, done a lot of animated stuff, but first major motion picture. Which brings us to making this easy to the director of photography, and that would be Paul Porzaliski. Uh, first movie was a movie named Sigma back in 2005, but you better know him for being the director of photography on Hereditary in 2018, okay. Midsommar, Nobody, and Bo is Afraid. Oh, so okay. some pretty yeah. good uh, stuff there from Paul. And last but not least, as far as the people who made it and how, what we cover, composer. Composer is the Haxon Cloak. Uh, Haxon Cloak first movie, Almost Holy in 2015, would come back and be the composer for Midsommar and Bo is Afraid. So, okay. so a little bit of action there. Gotta love it. Those are the people who are responsible for making the movie. Now it's time to find out who starred in this movie. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? 
All right, your first star of this movie, and I know I, I'm apologizing ahead of time. I'm bad with Spanish names. I am going to butcher them a little bit. Uh, but the uh, first person, and I love this person to death, Zolo Marijuana, playing Jaime Reyes, a.k.a. the Blue Beetle. Of course, Zolo's first movie he ever was in, Dealing with Idiots, back in 2013. But you know where we know Zolo most from? <laughs> Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai, where he plays the lead character of Miguel. So uh, we all love Zolo. And by the way, Zolo is putting out a hip-hop album as well. I like it. Next up is Bruna Marquezine playing Jenny Cord. This was her first major film. Oh, nice. Been in a lot of TV shows and a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking movies and made-for-TV movies, but first major breakout. Next up, doing the voice of Kajda is Becky G, who is a huge pop celebrity down in Mexico. Okay. But you, we have seen her in a movie before, Power Rangers in 2017. She was in Power Rangers? She was Trini. She was Trini in the new Power oh, Rangers movie. Okay. Yep. I know who you're talking about. And now. she was also the voice of the mechanical robot dog in Axel, the AXL oh, movie. She was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. But Becky G is most known for being a gigantic pop star. Uh, so check her out. Good music, by the way. I did, I did dig it. Next up on the list of people with doing the deep dive on, and I and I didn't write down all of his stuff, but let's be honest, the legendary George Lopez playing Uncle Rudy, Rudy Reyes. <laughs> and uh, first movie that George Lopez was in, Ski Patrol in 1990. I remember that movie. That used to be one of my favorite go-tos. He was also in Balls of Fury and Fool's Paradise. And of course, you guys know him from the George Lopez show, as well as being one of the best stand-up comedians in the game for still? a long period of time, yeah. including now. I oh, still yeah, would say I love, I love me some uh, George Lopez. He's, he's done the work. He deserves everything. And the last person we're going to do the deep dive on, of course, playing the main villain of this movie, Susan Sarandon. That's right. Villain. Playing Victoria Cord. First movie for Susan Sarandon, a movie called Joe back in 1970. But you would also remember her from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Witches of Eastwick, Bull Durham, Thelma and Louise, The Client, The Lovely Bones, this one was for Diesel, but he's not here. Cloud Atlas and many more. When I say legendary, I do I, believe Susan Sarandon is legendary. I always forget that she's in Rocky Horror Picture Show until yes. I see it. Until yeah, I watch awesome. it and see it and go, oh, damn, that's right. Next up, we're going to do the quick the quick hits about some of the other uh, cast because it's awesome. Playing the role of Alberto Reyes, who is the father in this movie. Uh, uh, Damien Al Alcazar. Uh, Damien Alcazar is best known for his role in Narcos. Oh, that's right. Great show, by the way. If you've never saw Narcos, check that out. I, I, the first one, yeah, Narcos was amazing. This one threw me for a loop because playing Nana Reyes is Adriana Barraza. And Adriana Barraza, first of all, they made her look older in this movie because yeah. Adriana Barraza is not that old. No. Not old enough to be a grandma. By the way, stole the show. We'll no, talk I about that more <laughs> in the spoiler full section. But you might remember Adriana Barraza from Babel, Drag Me to Hell, Thor, and Rambo, Last Blood, amongst other things. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's I forgot she was good. in Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, she was in Drag Me to Hell. Oh, my God. It's so good. Next up, we had Belissa Escobedo playing Melalargo Reyes. She would be the sister of Jaime. Uh, of course, she's been in some big stuff lately because she's been. She played Izzy in Hocus Pocus Two. Uh, Don't look deeper. She was in uh, the show Sex Appeal on Hulu. Uh, as amongst a lot of things, she was also great in this movie. Big shout outs there. Playing the mother, Rocio Reyes would be Epilada Carrillo. Uh, by the way, Epilada Carrillo had a great has had a great career. She played Anna. In Predator and Predator 2. 
Oh shit! Yeah. So the girl completely that completely didn't remember how did, she. Yeah. Uh, no, that I, suit who Dutch gets out of the yeah, first one yeah. and then she comes back as the police officer yeah. in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. She's Had in completely Perdue. forgot about that. Uh, she was also in Nine Lives in Salvador, amongst other things. But how awesome is it to see you know people that you forget like over yeah. time? Oh like, yeah. Holy crap! That's awesome. Know? And uh, the last shout out we're gonna give is to the other person playing. Probably one of the biggest, uh, the bigger villain action-wise role, and that would be Raul Max Trio, who played Carapax, and uh, you might know him from Apocalyptico, Riddick, The New World. And Cold Pursuit, amongst other movies. Cold Pursuit. Yeah, he was actually really... I, 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 no, I liked him in Cold Pursuit, but that movie's so... But, I mean, he, he's, he's in some great stuff. And he was great in this movie. I, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. Very good in this movie. So, now that we've gone through the list of actors that we're going to give a shout-out to, it is now time for us to give our spoiler-free recommendation, Ron. So that means we're going to give a thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down with a spoiler-free Y for Blue Beetle. So, Ron, you're on the hot seat first. What is your spoiler-free recommendation for Blue Beetle? I am a thumbs-up for this movie. I think there's enough comedy in it and beats to it, and the action is good. Um, it It is... I'm not going to lie. They copied Marvel where they needed to for this, but it's not a bad thing. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's how I felt when I saw it, but it's not bad. Yeah, we'll get more into it later. I really think you need to see this, help DC get a little traction back. Hopefully this is what the future of DC EU or DU, whatever they're calling this next phase. Um, I really hope this is what the truck goes and I really hope this pays it off. And you know, people, I'm a big, huge Batman versus Superman fan. That'll probably be my top movie always from DC, DCU, but this is solid. Well, I'm also going to shadow you with a thumbs up for blue beetle. I will say this, uh, it is, and I'm going to quote a friend of ours who uh, I'm going to keep nameless because I don't know if he wanted to be named or not, but this is the best Marvel movie that DC has done. Yes. And I, that's not an insult. It's no. just they, they definitely hit the formula. The Blue Beetle character feels an awful lot like Ant-Man, and but there's differences, yeah. really good differences. It, I don't want you guys to think that this is just a clone no, of Ant-Man because no, 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 it's no. not. It's and not. I know there's a joke running around that there is, and if you stay out for the spoiler full review, yeah, I, uh, you'll see that it's not exactly the same i just want to make you know it does do a good job of that family superhero film and i think that this is what dc has needed for a while they did well with shazam in that aspect their yes. first shazam film uh the second one okay i we still enjoyed it as you know for the second I, shazam film but it wasn't they never didn't capture the magic of the no, first one in my opinion. no because they separated the family in that yes and i i do believe in and this kind of captures that family essence of a yes. superhero film and i really dug it so if you like that kind of movie it's a good movie to take the family too plus it's entertaining it's funny it's got action i thought it checked the boxes for a yes. superhero film so i'm going to give it a thumbs up a bucket of win for that and i definitely would highly recommend going to see it in the movie theater because it's one of those movies that on the big screen it's going to look really it looks really badass yeah so with that we are going to take our break when we come back from this break we are going to jump into the spoiler full review of blue beetle Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. And I'm JVD. We're your hosts of the Fictional Battle Podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on TheVillainsDemand.com. <laughs> this probably happens all the time. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. 
try telling him. Okay, guys, I, I need to go find Jenny Corder because she's, she's gonna know how to get this thing out of me. Uh, where are my shoes? Come on, where are my shoes? Not the 84s. These were my favorite shoes. Okay, okay. Jaime, what happened? Uh, where did you go? Ama, I don't know. I, I, I think I cut a bus in half. Cut <laughs> what? Yes, that was a clip from Blue Beetle coming back from the break. And we're getting ready to jump into the spoiler full portion of the 3FN Movie Club review. So as a final warning to everybody out there, if you have not seen Blue Beetle and you do not want the movie spoiled, this is the last chance for you to stop the podcast Come back after you've seen the movie and then listen to our thoughts. If not, I'm assuming you've already seen the movie or you don't care about it being spoiled because we are going to be entering the spoiler full review right about... Now, all right, and we're going to just go through the, we do know we like to do the skeleton, go through the movie, not getting every scene, so we don't go scene by scene, but we go a skeleton thing, and then we go our likes and dislikes before playing the game to find out what the other scores from around the internet were, and then finally giving our scores for Blue Beetle. Ron, are you ready to jump in the spoiler let's full review? do this. So let's just, let's just kind of give a nuts and bolts of what happened in this movie. So in the beginning of this movie, we discover that there is this blue scarab that is inside of this giant, like, rock meteor structure. They never really explain it, that they're trying to cut into to get to this scarab. uh, Because, you know, Susan Saranda as Victoria uh, uh, Cord looks like she's just evil and seething. (laughs) And, of course, she has her evil henchman, Carpax, next to her. And he, he definitely looks the role of a villain. Yes, all the way. So you you know nothing good can come from this, and of course now we open the movie, and and when the movie opens, we are now caught up with our young friend Zolo, who is playing Jaime Reyes, and he is in the airport coming back to his family because uh, he was away at college. We find out, yes. of course, uh, through looking at his shirt, he was at uh, Gotham Law School. Yes, he was. So he's a pre-law from Gotham Law, and he's coming home to uh, be with his family, and they live on. Uh, to put it nicely, the wrong side of the tracks. Yes. They get to see the, the beautiful part of Palmara City on the other side, all the beautiful skyscrapers and beautiful things like LexCorp and, and, and of course, Cord Industries and yep. stuff. But on their side, it's all the, the, the people who are less fortunate. Yes. And they're going to be getting moved out of their house because Cord Industries is trying to now turn the wrong side of the tracks into condos. Those bastards. You know, the rich keep getting richer while the poor keep getting poorer. And, of course, we find out that uh, Jaime's father has lost his job and the family is struggling. And they're like, well, why? He's like, why didn't you tell me? I would have came home and tried to make some money. And they're like, no, because you needed to be the first from our family to graduate college. Yes. And so we have some little, you know, we get the, a good family experience. Like, I, I love how this movie doesn't take a long time out of the way to no. show you that the Reyes family is a great family. Of course, we get the comedy relief with Uncle Rudy, played by George Lopez. So good. And that's going to be throughout this movie. But Jaime is in this weird spot where he's like, you know, hey, I'm going to take us there. I'm going to get us to the promised land. And then you get the kind of the scene from the uh, the trailer where he's standing there looking over the infinity pool at the mansion. And you just find out his sister got him a job working for Victoria Cord at her yeah. home. Which is sometimes you just got to go where the money is. 
And so now, the how we kick into meeting Jenny Cord, who is the niece of Victoria Cord, is through the fact that she comes to the house to confront her aunt about this Omnigore that she's making. It's this going to be these like AI robotic cyborg like police officers, military force yeah, kind of thing. Robotic suits, Iron Man esque yeah, suits, I little, guess. I mean, uh, Iron Man. You know, you know, kind of, you know, like Hammer says they're trying to do. And while they got there and got in the argument about it, you know, Jaime sticks up for Jenny. And that gets him and his sister fired from Victoria's house. But well deserved. But yes. But <laughs> also his sister was taking a number two, two in the nice bathroom. Yes, exactly. Well deserved. And then Jenny feels bad and offers him a job. So the next day Jaime comes down to Court Industries to try to get the job from Jenny. And at the meantime, Jenny steals the scarab and she hides it in a box for fast food and just big, gives it to big ha- billy burger yes and just gives it to jaime and yeah. says here hold this do not look at it do not open it don't do nothing just hold this you, you protect it with your life pretty yes. much so he goes home and they all make jokes about it and of course the family takes out the scarab and uh, the scarab does what ron it attaches to jaime on the face and then crawls around. And then it enters his body. And uh, Uncle Rudy says, how did that enter his body, uh, according to Uncle Rudy? Up his ass. The whole concept of Ant-Man. Yes. He's, basically, the scarab goes up his ass, according to Uncle Rudy. Uh, and, of course, this melts away Rudy's, uh, or, sorry, Jaime's clothes, and he becomes the Blue Beetle in the Blue Beetle suit. And then the suit has to calibrate itself, so we get this fun scene of it taking him all the way into space yep. before dropping him to Earth and stopping right before the yep. water. Of course, cutting a bus in half. You know, you see a lot of that stuff in the trailers. But it is kind of fun to get, get into the fact that he has zero control yes. because you find out that the suit isn't just a suit. The suit is a living organism. A sentient. Uh, yes, and it is Kaj- Kajda. And Kajda is the is the name of the the, 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 the scarab. Scarab, and basically what's doing is they are simulate with each other. So Kajda is kind of like a parasite, if you will. Yeah, it's it's the Blue Beetle is a mix of uh, like Spider Man, Venom, and Ant Man kind of rolled into one. Right, and and Iron Man to an extent. So it's just kind of what they did with uh, in DC with the blue, the new Blue Beetle. The old Blue Beetle Ted Cord was different. We'll get into that later. But yeah, it's just one of those kind of things. It's a sim, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, um, just not as bad as Venom later in the comics. So now Jaime is now attached to the Blue Beetle or Kajda. Yeah. yeah. And so now does not want to be attached to it any longer. And then when he gets back in touch with Jenny, she finds out like, oh, it chose you. Yep. She understands that it, how it works. But basically, the Scarab chooses a host. You don't get to choose it. It chooses you. Yes. And so for whatever reason, it saw something in you that it chose in you. So it, that's why it chose you. And we find out because Uncle Rudy ends up getting the, the files after they get into Cord Industries and goes, well, actually, technically, after they get the key to go to the old Cord mansion where Ted Cord, Jenny's father, used to live. Yeah. And then taking him to the Blue Beetle Cave. Yeah, which was <laughs> awesome. I don't care. That was I never thought I'd see that on which which was kind of fun too. You had all the old costumes that looked like the DC comic book yep. and you find out a couple things. The first thing you find out is that Ted never had the scarab. Nope. The, there was a scientist that was with him at one point in juncture that the scarab attached to, and that's how we know what we know about the scarab. However, 
Ted never had it. So Ted just kind of Batmaned his way through stuff. Yes. He used his money, his smarts, and his technology to make himself the Blue Beetle, but he had no real powers. Right. Uh, Kajda was never with him. Yeah. Now, the scientist, on the other hand, that Kajda had gone to before, the only way to separate it is upon death of the host. Yes. So that means it's like, hey, Jaime, we can get rid of it, but you have to die first. And the problem is is that it is going to protect you because it needs you to stay alive. Yes. So therefore, its whole goal in life is to protect you at any cost. Yes. So that leads to some fun stuff, including when the family is going to be getting taken while they're at the mansion. I need to get over there. Simply put, he just, uh, first he's trying to just like take off and get the suit to activate, <laughs> but then he finally just goes, oh, it's going to protect me? So he just runs and jumps off the balcony of sure enough, yep. it takes over and he turns into the Blue Beetle. And he flies to go save his family from the evil court industry folks. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, what happens when uh, he goes to his family's home? His father dies. He goes into cardiac arrest and because dies. Because the, they break in, you know, they go in, they find him crowing in the room, and they take him as prisoners. And the fire starts in the house, and they had to run back in to grab something. I forget what. And well, they, came, they tried to grab just a different family things yeah, and yeah. stuff. And, and, then, then, and then he got... The daughter out, and then all of a sudden he had a cardiac arrest. And while well, that's happening, uh, Jaime's being basically grappled by uh, this claw-like mechanism yeah. that's pulled him and taken his powers down. Yes. And he can't do anything while his father's dying. And so now we get into the fact where Jaime is now at this cord base, this this fortress where they're going to drain. You know, we understand that we can't make the beetle leave you, but we can drain the power out of you and get the coating from it. When if you die, you die. Pretty much, we don't need that. We just need the coating. Yes. So that's what they start doing. So the car packs can be this stronger uh, android, and then it can power this entire. Uh, like I said, like Ryan said earlier, the easiest way to remember is like an Iron Man army, yeah. if you will. Yeah, like the Iron Legion, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. So while this is happening, the family has to deal with the father's death, but Nana is the all-star of this movie because Nana's like, listen, we don't have time to cry. We have to go and get Jaime back. How are we going to do that? We're going to do it badassly. Yeah, show me show me the map. Show me the map, and I'll tell you. And she starts picking out where to go. And then they show her the arsenal that we have in the Blue Beetle uh, vehicle. And she starts picking out her arsenal. And we kind of find out that uh, Nana was a militant. I, I so want a prequel. I do, too. I so want a prequel. There's, I don't even care if it's an hour. She was a freedom fighter is yes. what we find out. Yes. And uh, trust me, we get to see her handle Gatling guns and everything else very expertly. I wonder if that's why they had... Uh, younger as actress play the role because they could have done if it does well they could do a little prequel half an hour forty five minute prequel I'd even like a TV show yeah something because I'm, I'm just gonna throw it out there Nana was was badass oh, in this dude movie. I fucking loved it one of my favorite parts so anyways they they they're gonna infiltrate this fortress using the ble- beetle mobile which looks like a beetle yeah and if you know the comics it's it's exactly what you think it is and so basically what's gonna happen is that the sister and Jenny are gonna go down this like well shaft they're gonna go into the area where they can cut the power so that will help them get to Jaime and they don't well they don't know that they're bleeding him of his power but they just are like well if we can get to him then we can get him out of here and then once we get him out of here we can you know we're scot-free well unfortunately for everything they end up doing all of this and getting the power off but it's after they acquire what they need but what they didn't take into account is that Jaime's mind 
and Kajda's mind have now morphed so much together that they start drawing power off so it doesn't kill our right. young hero. Instead, when he comes out, he just is in a rest mode. <laughs> yeah, it need, needed to reboot. It needs to reboot. And uh, then, of course, it reboots just in time so we can have the big massive fight with him and Karapox, yep. which, is a, which is a good fight. It was solid. And then it moves on to basically the happy ending. I know we just kind of skipped around. I, I it's, it's just kind a, of the movie. It's a straightforward movie. Yeah, the, the, everything happens where you think it happens. The comedy beats are amazing with uh, George Lopez, Rudy. <laughs> they don't even call him Uncle Rudy. They just call him Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, only my friends call me Rudy. And they're like, and you're not my friend right now. Because <laughs> they, they got their his uh, car destroyed. His, his yes, his taco. Taco. <laughs> taco is the name of his car. Uh, it's but, a Tacoma. But then, you know, it was it, it was souped up Tacoma with La Cucaracha the Horn, and which was pretty badass. Chichen Chong on the window. And it was pretty, it was, it was Dude, I, I want it. It's badass. <laughs> so, like, let's go into likes and dislikes, and we'll start there. I thought that the action and comedy in this movie was really good. Yes. Uh, even, like, some of the action scenes were comedy scenes, like, where you're getting the calibration between Kajda yeah. and Jaime in the beginning. That's kind of funny. Even, like, some of the first, like, hiccups of learning what's going on. Like, Jaime being like, no, you can't kill people because Kajda's automatically like, just terminate them. Yeah. Like, just go. And, you know, you, you end up with all this, like, fun stuff in between. And then Uncle Rudy just hilarious because he's a conspiracy nut but you know he's <laughs> Batman he's, is a fascist fa- Batman's a fascist you know, care what you, <laughs> but the Blue Beetle he was the real deal yeah. that's awesome that's your dad <laughs> very honored you can call me if Ted Cord's your dad you can call me whatever you want to call <laughs> yes, me that, that that's hilarious. exactly was his line uh, then he's driving the Beetle thing so Uncle Rudy was awesome Yeah. and then you know the sister I liked how she played the role she's more realistic more yeah. cynical but there is some fun spots between him and his sister and obviously they love each other and the parents yeah. it's just a good nice happy feeling family movie with a lot of good comedy and action in it i think that's one of its strongest suits yes. in my opinion also i, I want to give a shout out that i thought that the story was kind of brisk even for a two-hour movie i thought they didn't dwell too long on any one thing no it's straightforward it's hey the bad guys are trying to get the scarab the scarab accidentally falls in the hands of our uh, our lovable loser if you yeah. will our lovable loser becomes the blue beetle doesn't want to be the blue beetle initially. And then it's like, Oh, you know, throughout time he realizes that with great power comes great responsibility. I understand that's the Spider-Man line, but but it's true. There is a Spider-Man moment in this. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then from there it's bad guys get him, try to, you know, take that power. Can't quite take the power. Then there's the fight. In the fight, you know, the the, the main villain, Carpack, says, you know, your weakness is your love for your family. And we find out that it's not his weakness, it's his strength. Yes. Which, you know, once again, it's cliche, but it's just straightforward. And then, Good you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, the bad guy, you know, has the change of heart before the happy ending. And it's just so it's kind of like a very briskly nice I, move through movie. I mean, I, I don't know how much of a change of heart that was. He just was, ta- he was just taking out the garbage. <laughs> listen, listen. So we need to talk about the ending of the movie. So, so after the final scene with Carapax, basically Jaime's getting, you know, the best of them, but then it switches roles. And then that's where one that's again, basically Carapax says about the weakness of his family. And he thinks that he kills Uncle Rudy. And that's when Jaime loses it. And basically just almost rips Carapax to shreds. He's like got him pinned down. He changes his arm into like this blade because of course uh, Kajda can do create anything, create anything he wants to create. Yeah. So he turns his arm into a blade and he pulls it back and he's, he's ready to kill him. 
It's 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 yeah. and it's Kajda that stops him. Yeah, it says we don't kill people. In the beginning because of the whole thing in the beginning, he had the opportunity to kill Carpax and he you know, he got Kaja not to, and now it's reversed, showing that they're actually working together. And then on top of it, and the the whole point is where where that happened, he then blames himself that if he would have killed him, his dad might have been alive. Yeah. And he thinks his uncle is dead. Yeah. His uncle's not dead. But he thinks he's dead. Yeah. So he's like, my dad and uncle would be alive if I would have just killed you when I should have. Yes. And so now, you know, the anger in that is there. And Bakaj is like, no, 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 no. We don't kill people. And we have the, you know, and I get it. Diesel didn't like the part because he gets cheesy. You know, obviously, we see the arm go down. It looks like he might have killed him, but he didn't. Yes. Just slams it next to the head. And he lets him live. And But through that, all the stuff that Carpax had been gone through where his family was basically murdered by court industry stuff. Go on, talk about Iron Man. Yeah. Talk about an Iron Man kind of yeah. uh, origin. And then he was basically taken by them. And because he was the strongest minded out of all of them, they turned him into a killer and a cyborg. Pretty much. And basically he's been tortured. And so he's, that's all running through his mind. And Victoria Court is like, well, kill him. Kill, you know, you know, basically Jaime. And Garback's like, nah, man, I'm tired of dealing with you. He basically tells him, get your family and get out of here. Yeah. You know, save, you know, you're, you know what, you, your family's worth saving because I lost mine. Yeah. And then he grabs a hold of Victoria and he's like, nah, we're good. He walks her towards the fire and blows himself up. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up killing him and her in the story. It's just, to me, I thought that it was, I thought it was a fitting ending. I get it. It's cheesy because it's a superhero ending, but I think you need that in a superhero film sometimes. I, I'm okay with that, but it, he, there is slim chance that he comes back in two. There is a slim chance. Yeah. Cause you, all the data that they got out of the, the scarab, you know, could be, you know, could protect him and it could, but, poss- Jen, but it, Jenny did crash the, well, I, it might protect him. You're right. But Jenny did crack, uh, destroy the device that had the information in it. Right. Not, that, that would not help him, but that's why we're not right. going to get any more of them. If right, right, right. But that could possibly how they turn it. He turns into, uh, the black beetle possibly. Maybe. Cause if you know the comics there, you know, we, you know, so it's, 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 there's, there's a slim chance he comes back. There is a slim chance. There's always a slim chance. Yes. Until we see the body dead in the ground. And even then, you I know, mean, it's a movie. Uh, we think about it. We've we've gotten used to that in superheroes, in comic books, and in movies. Yes. So I thought that they, I thought they did a decent job. I get it. I understand that it's kind of cheesy. Oh, but it, once again, I think sometimes you need that cheesiness for, to start the whole universe over. I think this is what you actually needed. Um, it sucks that not more people are going to see it, but I think that falls onto the fact of how bad the Flash was, and how how come they push that? Like, I really think if they wouldn't have released the flash and they released this i think this would have gotten more steam and lend more money i that's just my take on it but you know everything you know this movie is a solid superhero movie and it is the best best terminology the best marvel movie dc could make oh i agree with you i agree with you yeah so uh, some of my other positive movies, like I said, I thought the humor was great. I thought the action was good for, for what it was. I did like the little family message in it. I, like I said, even the cheesiness parts I got. Uh, do you have any other likes you want to add? Well, I mean, like like any DC movie right now, you know, just hearing certain names in places and, uh, you know, other things that will possibly be the future of this was always, always nice to me as a geek. You know, I, I get it. You hear Batman. You hear, you know, Gotham Law School. You hear the Flash in Central City. You hear uh, 
uh, uh, the Reach. If you understand where that comes from, that's all I'm going to say. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't refer to it as the Reach, but you, you hear Reach, and it's specifically said the way it's said, so you hear it. So, like, and I'm not going to spoil anything. If you don't know Blue Beetle, you'll find out that later. But like that, that was a big thing to me too, because that really shows what they plan on doing. So, so you liked how they set the table. Yeah. So I think the table is set well. So I think they have opportunity. I'm not saying it's all James Gunn because I don't know how much influence he had on this because this was already starting to film and was already pretty much done before he took his little seat. So I really hope that Warner Brothers has found something. Oh, that'd be good. I, I I like the things that I saw into it too. Yeah, because it did make sense. I mean, the Gotham, you know, law, yeah. you know that that would assume that you know he would know at least of Batman. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you said, mentions of the Flash, yeah. mentions of other things. You know of at least these people, so yes. we know that they're there. Yes. So I did dig that. Uh, let's go with some negatives. I, I'm going to say my my one of my negatives is like the positive is a negative in a way because it's like you feel like you've seen this movie before. Yes. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a Spider-Man movie. I said that when I came out. Well, it's a Spider-Man movie, but it's also an Ant-Man movie. Yes. Like Because I think that they took all the elements of the Ant-Man franchise that we've seen from Marvel, where it's a family-oriented you know, oriented movie. Yes. So I, I think they took that portion of it. But yes, the story itself, and I mean, let's be honest, the source material still is also kind of taken from Spider-Man, yeah. is Spider-Man. So your origin story, you feel like, oh shit, this is the Spider-Man origin story to an extent. It is. But the movie Re- itself, you research. also feel like, yeah, but the the movie itself you also feel like oh this is also an ant-man movie yes 100%. so it's kind of like they they did they kind of took and you get you get your uncle ben by his father dying yep. you get you get the uncle ben scene where he says basically in spanish go be a hero mm-hmm. which which is amazing there's a lot of spanish oh, talking in this it was good and i'm and i and i and I, I'm good with it. Right, let's throw that out there. That was another, like, I did like the representation in this movie. Yes. I thought it was really, really cool. It didn't feel didactic. It didn't no. feel forced. But it added a lot to the character it, to have the the roots of, you know. Yes. Because, like, the nuclear family and, and, and the, like, the Spanish and Latina, you know, the Latin households, they portrayed it so yes. well. So you felt like you were part of this family. And you felt like, you know, the, the, this family was not only anchored in loving each other but in tradition yes and i thought that that was good in the neighborhood as well yeah so you know you start to see some of these things so i i, I forgot to mention that yeah. earlier but i did do I, I loved that part of this so i did really like what they did with the character yes. because i think that that added something to the family story and i know we keep saying family like it's the fast and the furious no, no, but this, this is definitely worth being family <laughs> yeah it wasn't uh, tongue-in-cheek like fast and the furious yeah. it actually was good uh, but yeah, like I said, I like it is a strength and a weakness. Like it was good for DC to finally make something that looked like a Marvel film instead of always being three steps behind Marvel. Yeah, at, at the least three steps. Behind. Oh, I, I agree, hundred percent. So it was kind of like, oh shit, they can make a Marvel movie. But at the same time, I could see where if somebody was like, oh, it was too much like Ant Man or too much like Spider Man for me, I could understand it. But yes. once again, the source material is also very Ant-Man-ish yes. and very, very Spider-Man-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, so like, and a little bit of Iron Man there. That's, you know, it, it's just what it is. It's, it's just what it is. Yeah. But like, I, I get it, but I kind of, that was a, a, a negative and a, and a positive for me. Cause I'm kind of like, I like the fact that they finally, the CGI looked amazing in this movie. Oh, After coming off from fucking, uh, the, the flash the, that looked terrible. This movie looked amazing. This yeah. movie looked like a movie. Yeah. And the, them, going backwards and saying well it was meant to look bad stop no it's not it isn't no movie is meant to look that bad no absolutely not but uh any other negatives you want to point out 
just Susan Sarandon's acting. Oh, <laughs> like she like, and I get it. I think she did it. I mean, obviously she did it on purpose, but she mailed in this. But I think it was to get people to hate her. Like, and I and I don't and I don't know why she chose the way to do it this way. Because the character wasn't that likable anyways. I think that the part of the problem is when you have a young director and a young writer and pretty much the whole crew was young, like as far as like the people behind making this film, it's probably there's probably some miscommunication there because like they probably wanted her to be a bad guy and then she kind of did what she thought she needed to do to be a bad guy because she's not normally a bad guy. Right. Well, so I feel like I feel like. It, it was kind of it's a parody basically it's a parody of what a villain should be right and the other thing is i think it was kind of like she well she like did it she's like okay dc movie marvel's not calling let me jump in get my paycheck a little bit of that but then realizing at the end she's getting you know blown up so she can't come back for the sequel <laughs> I, I could i could understand that but i don't even know if i would say it was her mailing it in i think honestly she's not normally a villain and i think this was one of those times where it was somebody it was a great actress trying to do what a villain would do and it just doesn't pay off. Right. I mean, she had a couple good scenes, but it just wasn't overall. And I think a lot of it also has to do with writing and direction as far as the villains. Because even Carpax. Carpax, and I think that the actor's phenomenal. I do think he's great. But the problem is is that they kind of just were like, okay, let's like let's make him look brooding and, yeah. and bad. And that was kind of and like the whole thing. Because they should have brought that softer edge to him sooner in the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you, we find out in the third act about his background instead yeah, you, of finding you, out in like the first or second you, act. You get one, I think, flashback of bombs blowing yeah, up one. or something. When, and then when they're testing him. And then and that's it. And that should have been something um, early on, even in the beginning opening little marvel montage and i'll put it out there people there's a marvel montage in the beginning of this yes and, and it's i i'm sorry that marvel's done it all first but dc's finally getting there um and i didn't mind him as a as a you know i don't mind him as an actor and i don't mind the character but it was definitely very like he didn't have a lot of speaking roles right and it was more like stupid like he's supposed to be stupid but he's not Right. Also, like I said, I think they relied on the villainous part being brooding and mean looking because it kind of that's what his thing is. And it's just like I felt like that's a disservice. But I think that that's coming from an inexperienced director and writer combination. And that's nothing against them because I think they did a good job in other aspects. Obviously, we just praised a lot of what they did in the movie. I think that they just didn't nail the villain. And to be fair. Marvel spent, even though it was, we, we loved the phase one and phase two stuff still, you know, there's still stuff out there. But think about it. Marvel took a long time to nail the villain too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, let's Whip remember. Whiplash wasn't good. Let's remember all the villains from the Iron Man movies. Yeah. The oh. first, uh, you know, all of the Iron Man movies. Yeah. I don't think we really got a good villain, like in a standalone movie until Winter Soldier. True. So, uh, I, I so can, Captain America Winter yeah. Soldier was the first time I thought we got a good yeah. villain. And then. Of course, we got that with Thanos later on. Yeah. And now, we like the one thing you can, we've been saying is, even if you don't like uh, some of what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, they're starting to nail the villains like you'd yeah. not believe because we've had, we've seen some of the best villains that they've had even in questionable movies. Yes. So I think that that's just something that takes some time. Yeah. But I'm just happy that they're nailing the superhero yeah. in, in in this realm. Is there any other dislikes you didn't like about uh, the wonderful Blue Beetle? Um, really. The, like they're, the they're, yes, it's a straightforward movie and it key and it does move pretty good for a two hour movie. It's just the downtime of at Cord's mansion that it was you know like about four and a half minutes too long I think it was but they were trying to set up the romance 
between Jaime and They were doing Jenny. a lot there. They're trying and, to do romance. And, they're trying and, to get uh, Uncle Rudy into the computer. Yeah. They're also trying to set the the the, the, the nodes for Ted Cord, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute because yeah. there is some bonus scenes. So it's like, okay, I get it. But it's like little little things like that. Like they're trying to force the, the relationship, which we already knew was going to happen. Like I, th- I don't think you really had to like have the awkward sitting on the bed together and they try to kiss and he's got a heart on you know you know like, like that's like not another teen movie style I, I will say it was funny when Kajda was just like why is there all this blood well that was pulling end. up in your middle of your <laughs> yeah be quiet <laughs> well, I'm feeling blood flow in in the mid region of your body shut up shut up what's she saying you don't want to know <laughs> but uh yeah no I I just think that I agree with you there. There was a little bit. They did a little bit too much at times. Once again, there's an inexperience level too. Yeah. And so I'm not dismissing it completely, but no, I kind but of understand when you were, you know, obviously there is points get marked off for things like that, but it's just kind of like, I get it. The bonus scene, there's two of them. One of them is the only one that really makes the much of a difference. Yeah. The first, the, the first one is what so makes the, a difference. The first one, the mid credit scene, basically you're back in the cord mansion and you're back in the uh, beetle cave, if you will, because that's the best that I can call it. I don't know what he did call it. I don't remember, but I, I, I'm going to call it the beetle cave because it's like fine. the bat cave. So uh, it might be what you're he down it. there and you have this whole, like you, the computer system, and all of a sudden the computer system kicks back on and it's Ted Cord and saying, hey, is there anybody there? Somebody in the, the room, please tell my daughter I'm still alive. And yes. it kind of ends transmission there. So we now know that Ted Cord is alive. We don't know where he is, but we know he's alive and trying to communicate to Jenny. So they're setting the table for a sequel, obviously. Right. And then the second of the two, and uh, I got to be honest, I went to the bathroom, so I, I had to hear about this after the fact. It was basically calling back to a, a cartoon earlier in the in the movie. Yeah, it was what he what uh, Rudy was jamming uh, Cord Industries' computer with. It was an old. Uh, Gumby-esque Spanish Spanish cartoon. Show. Yeah. yeah, so that you get a little bit of that at the end. Yes. So that that's your two little post scenes. Of course, the one that the one that makes the biggest difference is the Ted Cord is alive, and is that going to play a part coming into a sequel? If we get a sequel to Blue Beetle, yeah. Which maybe we will, maybe we won't. Uh, at this point, in juncture with the money, maybe not. But we we don't know. We, this was always on the table. That's a, I think that's another thing to damn this movie and why people haven't gone to see it. Is because once again we don't know if this movie is going to matter in six months or if it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we don't know until the new Superman movie. We don't really know nothing. Right. And I mean, there's ways that they could do this. They can do it Marvel S, where they don't do Blue Beetle two, but they do Blue Beetle two in another movie. Or they just bring Blue Beetle back in other movies. Yeah. Which I'd be fine with. Yes, I'm good with that too. So, uh, any other dislikes from? The Blue Beetle movie. Actually, not really. Or any more likes, anything else before we move out of the review? Um, Like, what was the one? Like, oh my God, I just drew a blank. Uh, Like, like I said, this whole, like the the setting of the table seems fair. Um, It seems like it'll be a solid thing. There was enough information there to make this movie go forward. I do like this version of Jaime Reyes and Blue Beetle more than I liked in Young Justice. Um, which, if you watch Young Justice, broken family, father's dead, mom's dating an asshole, you know, that kind of stuff, and he just wants to be a runaway, and he runs off, and then finds the sca- gets the scarab attached to him, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just like that whole lack there of family is, well, like, I, I get it, I understand, but, like, this version of Jaime Reyes I like a lot better. 
than that version of Young Justice. So, I mean, hopefully that's how they keep things going and see how it goes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that is a lot better. Uh, we've had enough of the dark and brooding yeah, superhero. Yeah. It's kind of refreshing from time to time when you get the classic yeah. good guy superhero family-oriented stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, some of these characters are. That's why Ant-Man was successful at the end yeah. of the day. That's why Spider-Man has been successful for years. Right. So I so there is something to the Boy Scout. Now, yeah. we all know that sometimes I don't like the Boy Scouts, but let's be honest, yeah. there is something to it. And there's nice cuz you know, we went for too long with everybody trying to do this brooding, dark version, yeah. including, you know, what we had with the Snyderverse. Right. I get it. And once again, it's not that I hated the Snyderverse because I enjoyed what I saw. I hated it. where it went, but I, lo- I, love, Bar- but, I love Batman versus Superman. I'm not going to lie. But, you, but you get, there's a problem when Superman's got more bodies than Batman. I agree. I'm just throwing oh, it out uh, there. I'm 100%. I agree with you. I, I hated Man of Steel at first, but I kind of grew on me later. I like Man of Steel now. Yes. I'm with you. I Originally, I'm not a big fan. Just like Batman versus Superman grew on me a little bit. I still don't think it's as great as you think it is but it grew on me a little bit just because i love ben affleck's performance yes i agree but then justice league not so much no justice league was horrible even the snyder cut i i I like the snyder cut better than the the original cut but it shouldn't but it wasn't that it wasn't as great as some have claimed no i i I started to rewatch it and got through the first two chapters and went yeah i don't need to watch any more of this well i'm just gonna say the only great the only great parts that are the added there added any difference is the final act yes with the whole, you know, fighting of Steppenwolf and stuff and the, the throwing the head back through the portal. Yeah. I know we're getting off track here. But, and then, of course, you know, uh, you know, the epilogue. Yeah. Where you have the Joker stuff at the end. In a society. Yeah. Which which is only the good part. Right. right. That's and my that, point. It's like, in, <laughs> and I really wanted to see more Jared Leto Joker. In the, oh, in yeah. It, he was really good in that version. Yeah, yeah, that's why. That's what I was hoping for. But we're not. But I digress. Die. We're not yeah. on that. We're on Blue Beetle. Know, but I'm just know. saying th- that's why I had to die. And if it, I, I, I think if you were gonna, if you're gonna rejump something, this would be a good spot. Even if, like you said, you don't do another technical Blue Beetle movie, this would just be bring back the fact that we're doing DC. Yeah, you know, because Superman's a Boy Scout at the end of the day. So the Superman movie should be all, you know, peace, justice in the American way. Yeah. You know, that's the old. Fucking Superman yeah. call the arms. Of Mom's apple pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just what it is. Yeah. So I think that that's what they. That's where they should go. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. You know, go to the Batman that doesn't kill. Yeah. You know, not Dark Knight Batman. Let's go to you know. I wouldn't say Happy Batman because we already have a dark brooding Batman. So the 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 Matt Reeves films are going to hold all of us over that like a yeah. dark Batman because I like a dark Batman because yeah. it's Batman. But give me if you're going to ha- make me have two Batmans in this universe, give me a happy go lucky Batman. The Adam West Batman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Give, give me give me the '66 Batman right. in modern time. '66 Batman. Give me a classic Superman who yeah. is just clean cut Boy Scout doesn't break the rules because that's not allowed. Yeah, and you and you can have Batman can still even the happy sixty six Batman can still break a rule here or there. Yeah, so he's yeah. the he's the he's the rule breaker. You bring in, um, uh, I I think you even bring in Wally West as the Flash instead instead, instead of uh, Burn Allen. You can criticize me on this because like it or not, John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah, John Stewart Green Lantern. Even though he said we're doing Guy Gardner first, but that's just to get the Lantern Corps into the universe, which is fine. I'm a Guy Gardner fan, so this oh, I like Guy Gardner. But I'm just saying, I, I was just, I'm trying to go with like yeah, the happier yeah. squad. Yeah, yeah, like let's go with like the yeah. happier squad. Yeah, if the, so, if you like the Dream Justice League would be like it or not, the Super Friends from the 70s in, like in live it. action, I'm and that, that's what I think they need to do here. Just with your Superman, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, your Aquaman. 
Um, I know we already have all those. Then you bring in the Blue Beetle, you bring in Robin, you bring in Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, Gar- uh, a Green Lantern, usually John Stewart. Because let's face it, freaking uh, what's his face? Hal Jordan is the worst Green Lantern of them all, and he just falls into his shit. And you can fucking hate me all you want on that because that's the fucking truth. If you re- read any of the fucking comics, he's the worst Green Lantern <laughs> there is. Hence why he freaking been around the whole freaking spectrum because he's a retard. Damn, Ron just got loose here. Hold on. I don't normally have one for you, so we're just going to give you diesels today. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Give you diesels one. Yeah, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. I think you need to set yourself aside from Marvel. I mean, it's nice that you can make like the movie, but what Marvel still does is they still try to go to that. They, they're in that middle ground of making the, yeah. the edgier films. Let them do that because that's what they do. And you become the studio of making the the happy, the, the real superhero films yeah. and be different. And I think this was a good table setter for that. And if you continue to go this route, I think everything can be all right. I'm not saying that the villains don't kind of win sometimes and push the envelope. That's the whole point. But you still have to have, I think you should have the team that's the idealistic team. The team that's going to come out and be, like you said, just for peace and justice. And try to do what the Justice League is supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, even, even going back to a random Justice Society, Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Like, like it or not, he would fit in this. And once again, if you still want to dabble in that darkness, yeah. you have the Matt Reeves Batman yeah. films. And just that's oh, where... Trust me, they're, they're going to get dark. And trust me, you'll be fine. I mean, yeah. they're talking about bringing Professor Pig, so it can't Professor get much Pig, darker than that. Uh, clay, uh, dark version of Clayface? Oh, yeah, there's like, cal- a dark version of Calendar Man. Mm-hmm. They're, they're talking about a whole lot of stuff. Hey, Condiment think, King if, needs to show up. That's dude, if they make a dark version of Condiment King, I'm in. But anyways, I'm in just saying... And, but, I'm, but here's my thing. That's where you can separate it. And I think this was a good table setter, honestly. That's yes. just my opinion. Yeah, That's my I, opinion. I think it's it's good. It might not get the money that it needs to make it to, but I think you have the table set where James Gunn can lead and give us something we need. And listen, basically we're telling you to make the... We're basically, uh, in a lot of ways, saying, hey, take some of the emotion out of it, although you can add it in, and just make basically Guardians of the Galaxy movies for DC Studios. Yes. And that's what it is, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, other than the emotional parts of it, what you could have in there as well, are the happy family good times. It's a little edgier because of the, you know, they do more of adult humor. But if you if you take that away and make it more like Blue Beetle, I think you got a winning success. And so the blueprint's already there from James Gunn. So let's let's see where they go with it. But now that we have given you the full spoiler, full review of Blue Beetle, before we give our scores. It is time to find out what the rest of the internet gave this movie, and you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! (laughs) That's right, it's time to play the game. We are going to, uh, usually we have both gentlemen here, but uh, Ron is going to play the single version of the game, so he can become champion, because currently Diesel's the champion, but he can lose it in absentia. So the single style of the game is simple. It is, if Ron can come within five points of the answer, either north or south of that, he gets the point, three points, wins the game. I do kind of give him a little bit of uh, clues, because it's unfair to only have one person play. (laughs) If he can get the three points, he'll become new champion. If not, Diesel retains in not being here. Ron, are you ready to play the game? Let's go. All right, Ron, first up, we are going to go with IMDb. Out of 10 using points, what did they give Blue Beetle? And I will tell you this. The clue is it's above a five. Okay, and I get five. 
I get five, five within, five, five above, okay. or five below. So, so ten points. Ma- so mathematically, it's I, I don't think it's over a seven. So I'm going to go six point two. You're going to go with a six point two. Final answer. Yes. And is that enough? Nope. It was six point eight. Oh, you just missed it. Damn it. Just missed it, Ron. Damn. Just on the outside looking in. So ah, oh, six point three is what I needed. Damn it. Next up, Metacritic. Mind you, this is only critics. This is out of 100%. And you know how Metacritic works. So I will tell you the Blue Beetle is not above a 75. Who? Uh, I, 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 like, I like 62 on this one, too. I'm going to say 62. So you're going to go with 62 this time? Final answer. Yes. It pays off. It was 61%. Oh, nice. So you get one point. Nice. All right, Ron. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. I'm going to give you the clue that it is higher than the Metacritic score. Of course, it's out of 100%. What did they give Blue Beetle? Ooh, I don't think it can't, it can't be much. I'm going, to, I'm going to go 70. You're saying 70? Yes, final answer. And 77%. Damn it! 77%. How is that? How, oh. Certified fresh, by the way. Nice. All right. So now you have to get the last two right if you want Damn to it. win the championship. My, my mathematics isn't working so well today. I'm doing signer math over here. Rotten Tomatoes. Fan score. You'll get two clues. It is one of the two highest scores, and, of course, that means it's higher than the highest score, which, if you tra- translate it over, a 77%. What did they give Blue Beetle, Rotten Tomatoes, fan score out of 100%? Oh. Oh, is it the highest score or the second highest score? Uh, 87. You're going with 87? Final answer? Yes. And... You stay alive, Ron. It was 92%. So oh you just my, squeaked in there. Oh, shit. So that's, oh, my God. So it comes down to the wild. Oh, I'm going to lose it here because I don't, I don't know Google which way to go users, with Google. Out of 100%, you've already got the clue because it's one of the top two. So you know where the, the one was. Is yeah. it higher or lower? We'll, you'll never know with these guys, will you? No. So within five points, Ron, what did they give Blue Beetle for Google users? Um, 89 89. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Ron, you're either going to be a winner or a loser. (laughs) I'm a loser all my life, so it doesn't matter. You won, Ron. You win. You are the new champion. It was 92%. So the same as Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. (laughs) Well, no, I didn't know which way they were going to go, so I was trying to do the math. I'm like, I don't think it's over 92, which I was right. So I didn't want to do 92 because I didn't think it went low enough into the 80s. (laughs) Yep. But uh, guess what? 92%. Now that we found out what the rest of the internet has given this movie, it's now time, finally, for us to give our scores. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, and first we're going to give our nerd score followed by my critic score. And, of course, the nerd score is a recommendation score where we use our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to come up with a recommendation score for you, the listener. And, of course, it's on the nerd scale. And the nerd scale has five parts and five parts alone. The five parts are as follows. A one is no. That means it's a terrible film that you should never watch, so don't watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite a terrible film, but it's also not a good film. You've been warned not to watch it. A three is ah, it's good. That means it's an average to good film you're not going to need to rush out and see it but if you do catch it on you're not going to regret seeing it you probably won't watch it again but once again at least you won't regret it because it's an average to good movie 
Next up is Just Take My Money. These are the very good to great movies. These are movies that you can feel free to go see in the theater. You're probably going to watch them when they come out on streaming or on DVD. You might even add them to your collection or a rotation of movies you watch every so often because they're they're good enough that you're going to watch them more than once, guaranteed. And last is the Rarified Air, known as Certified Nerd. These are the legendary movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park and so many more. And these movies, you're going to probably come back to time and time again if they re-release them to the theater. You might find a way to go see them. It's something you're going to have on your list and you'll come back to over the years in your rotation because these are the creme de la creme. Ron, with that being said, you get to go first. What is your nerd score and why for Blue Beetle? All right, I'm probably the high one out of the three of us on this one. I'm giving it a five. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. Because A, I want a prequel, Nana. B, George Lopez as Rudy was amazing. We've said it. It's the best Marvel movie DC has made. Uh, the char- I really do enjoy this version of Jaime Reyes, and I want to see more of him as Jaime Reyes, and I think it's fine. The movie had enough entertainment, the comedy, which some you know people out there saying that these superhero movies are ruining comedy movies because comedy movies only have comedy, not action and all this other stuff, but it had the comedy. We left uh, the theater happy that we saw it. Wasn't even upset with the secondary end credit scene, which was nothing. But the little claymation, Gumby-esque animation, it was just funny. I thought it was fine. And we got enough information, if things go forward, to be Ted Kord. Um, I think this is a good table setter to get DC going, like I said before. And with any luck, I think with that being the catalyst, I think this movie will keep the hype going with it. All right, the very valid points. I like what you said there. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to be as high as you. I, I know I'm I was go high. right out there, but I'll tell you what, it's not far off because I gave this a four. Show me the money! It's a just take my money. This is a movie you should definitely go to see in the theater. I'm going to definitely see this movie again. I thought that it was a good, you know, we've seen this kind of like Marvel-esque movie before, but it's a nice breath of fresh air, especially for DC. I like the performances in this movie. There's just some things that hampered and held it back a little bit, in my opinion, from being a a certified nerd movie, in my opinion. But I still think it's a great out of the four. Just take my money with that. My critic score for this movie is a 7.25 out of 10. Uh, You know, it's putting it right in that zone. There's some things that I wish they would have done slightly differently. I do like setting the table, and if this goes on to set the the greater amount of table, it probably won't raise my score for it, but it'll definitely add it to the rotation and make me see this movie uh, more than just once. Uh, Well, actually, more than just twice. I'm going to look forward to seeing this when it comes out again after the theaters. Hell, even if I have time sometime, I might even go see it in the theater again with my own little pass. So with that, I think that, like I said, I'm very fair with a four and also a 7.25 out of 10 as my critic score. Now, with that, if you would like to talk to us about the Blue Beetle, give us your scores. You can hit us up on those social medias. And if you would like to find out any of our social media links or any links at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Just visit 3FNPodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything that is the 3FN Podcast. With that being said, Ron, I believe you have some business to attend to. Three out of 10 stars. No love. Somebody was more interested in getting rich than turning an entertaining book into a quality film. The movie felt thrown together in a hurry for a holiday release. I was also disappointed by the absence of so many important details. It saddens me to think what they will do with the fourth book. What will they have to leave out considering book number four is four times longer than book number one. Three out of ten stars, people. Harry Potter just sucks. 
Jesus. Everybody with the books. <laughs> Every single one is the books. And I get it. People have that fight all the time. But everything. I mean, it's it's a movie. I just don't get it. I don't get it, I folks. wish Jesus was here for that one. I, do. <laughs> I don't get it, folks. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the 3FN Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed our review of Blue Beetle. We will be back next week where we review the new movie. I mean, it'll be two weeks old at that point in juncture, but the new movie that just came out uh, starring... Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. That movie, of course, was Strays. Uh, can't wait to talk about that next week for next week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, for myself and the guys, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. And when a uh, scarab crawls up your ass and turns you into a superhero, you can only say, my, what a lovely tea party. Harry Potter just sucks people. Huh?